Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. Guys, we are back in season three, and I'm super excited to talk to you today with my guest, Mike Kraft. He is the owner and visionary at MKG Marketing, and it's a digital agency that actually helps tech and healthcare brands get found. You can see that he's also on the board of directors in his bio, and he's also uh, an entrepreneur and he mentors entrepreneurs. So I'm excited about today's conversation because I think it's going to be super relevant to you, our audience, as we think about entrepreneurship and innovation and really just leaning into the principles that are critical to start a business. So welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thanks. Good morning. Good day. Good evening to whoever's listening. It's awesome to have you with us. And you know, before we jump in, I've got obviously a bunch of questions I want to ask you, but before we jump in, it would be great if you could kind of orient our listeners a little bit about your business philosophy, kind of just, you know, from what I've read about you, you have a different approach maybe than, than most people do when it comes to thinking about business and how we approach the ins and outs. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm a big believer, especially here at MKG Marketing, that we are building an infinite business. And what I mean by that is it will, at the very least, outlive my useful and biological life. Hopefully in that order, hopefully I'll become <laughs> less useful. And then I, I will end, as the insurance company says, you can't die. The insurance company just says you end. And that's kind of the, the way I'd love for it to go. But in all seriousness, when I think about an infinite business, it's a business where you're making decisions on timelines of not just right now, today, but we also look at our business at MKG in a three-year lens, a 10-year lens, and then a 100-year lens. Again, with the advances in medicine and robotics, maybe I'll live to be 140-something years old, but I, I, I don't want to you know, bet on that right now. So I'm looking at that 100-year plan as what do we need to do? What decisions do we need to make? How do we need to think and act in this business to exist for 100 years? And for context, I think Sears is coming up on 130 years. Wow. And I'm sure that you've read, you know, quite a few things about Sears not doing pretty well. And I, I don't revel in anyone's misfortune, but, you know, that they made it about 130 years. And I'm thinking about 100 years from now and then another 100 beyond that even. So what would you say to people that may say, you know, our organization isn't even good at looking at a three to five year plan? Like, what type of state of mind do you have to be in to go out 100 years? Like, is Obviously, technologies that we are leveraging today were not built 100 years ago. So help us to get into that like visionary state of mind. How do we get out there with you that deep into the future? Is it values-based or is it direction-based? I'm so glad you actually brought up values because we are a values-led organization. We hire, we terminate, we reward, we do everything through our values. And, and we're just huge believers in the fact that when things get tough, your values are not the thing that you put on the wall. Your values are the, the, the statements that say, this is a very difficult situation. Could be good or bad, right? Difficult doesn't always mean bad. It could be difficult. What does our value say? You know, like our second value or our third value is transparency. That means that we always are going to be transparent, even when it's not in our best interest. Hmm. That's something that when you look at a decision like, you know, we could be bringing in a partner and marking them up 
and you know reselling them to a customer that's not actually being transparent if we were going to do that we would tell our client that and actually receive consent from them mm-hmm. so that's like a good yeah. values led example so is that when people are thinking about building a plan out into the future 100 years is it really asking is it looking back and saying let's be real on the values that we believe will drive us long term you said you hire and fire by the values which i love but it's that idea that our values will supersede technology. It'll supersede some of these other, even quote, strategies. It's like the values become this evergreen thing that we we learn how to live. Correct. It's like in your DNA and, you know, getting back to your question of how do you think 100 years out? You know, how do you vision like that? I didn't realize I was doing this and I didn't even have this language. I actually heard it earlier on a different podcast today. So it's a good reminder having that beginner's mind. Mm -hmm. So in a hundred years, I don't know that we're going to be a marketing agency anymore. Right. I can't prove that without the shadow of a doubt that this is exactly what we do today is exactly what we'll do tomorrow on a three and a 10 year timeline. And I talk about this with a lot of our team members, especially our, our digital ads team. I constantly say things like, I don't think in 10 years you will log into Facebook or LinkedIn ads manager. Yeah and touch anything. Yeah. Like I, I think that in 10 years, thinking back to today, you know, 2021, when we're recording, people will be like, who on earth let the humans touch all of like our ad accounts? Like what on, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. Like who, who, who's in charge around here? Where were the adults? <laughs> and that's how I tend to think with that open beginner's mind of, I can't prove this for sure, because if I could, we'd charge a lot more for our services because I could guarantee all kinds of things that no human being can guarantee. But we can't, and neither can any of the alternatives in our space or the brands who are hiring us. They can't guarantee anything either. And so I generally, from a vision standpoint, I put on my beginner's mind hat and I say, what could we be? What could we look like? And the other thing that I I do is I'm a big student of business case studies. And I don't mean the ones like where you go to, you know, the Haas School of Business in Berkeley or whatever. And you know, you get grilled on like, who was the CEO of G in 1984? Like none of that stuff, which also you can now tell I've never been to business <laughs> because I say things like that and people with their MBAs are as an idiot. But I like business case studies because I like to see how businesses behave. Mm. So, you know, you think of somebody like Cirque du Soleil, you know, they entered the air quotes circus market mm-hmm. in a market mm-hmm. that was declining, you know, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey were they were dying yeah. and fast and they looked at what people cared about and they said, you know, the, the headline talent people like, but they don't love. And that's yeah. really expensive. Yep. And the juggling bears, man, you know, carting a bear around, training them to juggle, like, you know, making sure they don't maul anybody, burying the people that they do maul. Like <laughs> this is a lot of work. It's very expensive. So actually we're just going to put on an entertainment. We're going to entertain yeah. you. It's not a circus. And we're taking yeah. those two things out. Yeah. And when I, and when I, as a student of history of like business history, you can see some of those trends of, you know, not changing a lot, but changing just enough and changing just the right things so that customers actually see more utility or value out of engaging with your product or service. I love that thought process that you have. And so like when you're thinking of that mindset, infinite mindset, infinite business long-term, what do you feel like are some of the key pillars that people really need to think about? Like, if values becomes that building block, that first thing that you put, you know, on the the foundation to build towards an infinite business, what are some of the other 
things that we need to be thinking about to build this hundred year plan? Yeah, you've got, like you mentioned, values. I would throw utility in there, which is such a dry word like utility. But I, I think it's honestly really important as you think about a business because the business utility is going to change over time. Mm-hmm. And great example, I made the comment earlier about LinkedIn ads. You know, nobody in 10 years will log in to LinkedIn. Yeah. Like a human being won't do that. 10 years ago, you know, 2010, 2011, so 10 years in our rear view mirror, most clients didn't want to log in. And now all of our clients want logins. They want access to that. They want to own the billing. They want to own the data, right? It's their data. It's their money that they're investing. And Mm -hmm. so I think about the utility and how is that going to change? How will somebody interact with your product or service? And jumping off of utility, I think the third thing I'd mention is how easy is it? What what is the ease of use or the ease of purchase? So again, you know, I'll, I'll take a business case study off the shelf and you think of the insurance industry. Like you used to have to call somebody and you'd have a relationship with like an insurance agent, which some people still do today. Like that's not actually gone yet. But now you've got, you know, like I've got a friend in Kansas City and he works for SelectQuote, right? SelectQuote is a publicly traded business that's approaching the size of a state farm or an Allstate or any of the traditional insurance carriers. And they just remove the humans entirely. They're like, people just want insurance. They kind of want to know the coverage they're going to get for their car, their home, their boat, their what, you know, their motorcycle. Ultimately, they want an easy experience. Like, so how do I make this easier to interact with? And I think Uber is another great example. You know, I I was living in San Francisco when Uber and Lyft started. And I remember, you know, Travis from Uber's statement was like, you cannot find a cab to save your life in the city. And that was the truth. Like, you could not find a taxi cab in 2008, 2009, 2010 in in San Francisco. It was just impossible. And so it's like, oh, I've got a cell phone. I'm just going to call it a car to me. Yep. And it wasn't a new business idea. It was just transportation. It was safe from A to B, period. Mm -hmm. Nothing else mattered. And uh, so anyways, I I like to think of the ease of use there on top of utility and values when you're looking at 100 years out, how those things going to change. I love that because what you're leaning into is, and I wrote down like just easy to do business with. That what that means is always evolving and changing, which kind of leans into your number two point on utility. And so Combining the idea of being easy to do business with the idea of utility, to me, what it tells our people is that we will evolve, we will change, we will not stay where we always have been. And so what you're building into the culture, what you're building into your plan is change. You're building in change, you're building in the ability to adapt, and then you're implying that you're going to, it has to be simple. Like whatever we do, it has to be easy. And so I think that's, those to me feel like timeless things that don't change, even as the world around us evolves. Like those things just feel very core to what is knowledgeable for people to understand. And I think if you're signing on to an organization that's saying you're signing up for change, you're signing up to evolve and grow as we grow, like I I feel like that's a very important inflection point because some people really struggle with the change curve. They really struggle with taking complexity out of a system. Oftentimes we, our human nature is to add complexity to a system. So these three things, I mean, as quote on, on the surface, simple as they may seem, they're actually very challenging when you start thinking through what does that actually mean to our environment? Yeah. I think the last thing I would comment there is you look at utility changes over time and sometimes you can be early. 
right? Uber and Lyft worked because there's iPhones and Android smartphones. But if you tried to start Uber and Lyft in 1995, the utility didn't exist. Like, how would you call a car? It's not possible. Same thing with, you know, you look at NFTs or, you know, the cryptocurrency space. I think that's where a lot of people are struggling with is the utility of like, okay, I can buy and hold this until when? And will this become a common form of payment, which now Venmo, I think, actually allows you to transfer Bitcoin back and forth. So now it's kind of entering that utility stage of it's not just the early adopters who are holding on for dear life and screaming diamond hands in a Reddit thread or whatever. (laughs) It's like, oh, like I could actually pay for something with this. This now actually is useful to me. Yeah, that's good. One of the things that that I kind of know is like a point of view that you have as well is this idea that part of this system and part of what you're setting up here is also this ability to create leaders. Like it's not just about creating a, a the longevity of the organization, if I can say that word. It's also about creating leaders that create leaders. Like it's kind of, I just call it like the, almost like the multiplication effect. It's So it's more than just investing in the organization. We know that an organization is made up of people we have to invest in the people that are going to lead the organization long-term. So can you talk a little bit about just how to create just leaders within an organization that would, at the end of the day, right, carry on kind of the charge of, of what this would look like? Yeah, absolutely. I love the quote of iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been commonly brought out of the Christian community because everyone kind of understands like, oh, I get it. Like iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man. I say that pronoun agnostic, you know, man sharpens man. And that's how I look at leaders. You know, if you want to build a 100 year business, biologically, I cannot run the business with the intensity that I do today in 50 years. Like it's not Mm -hmm. biologically possible. Again, I made all kinds of wackadoodle comments earlier about advances in robotics and medicine, but I can't, we don't know that where that's going yet. <laughs> it's going somewhere, but I don't know where it's going for sure. So when you think about a business existing for a hundred years, and then actually you probably heard me earlier say a hundred years and then another hundred, yeah. right? How do we survive the second century where it kills businesses like Sears? Yeah, You're going to have to develop leaders. And, and I'm a big believer of a leader's duty is to develop the next generation of leaders within the business. And I, I really you know, firmly believe, I'll use MKG and how we look at the path of leadership as an example. People see leaders as like the president or the CEO or the chief financial officer. And that's a really hard place to learn how to lead people when you've got more people than you really know what to do with reporting up to you. Yeah. And so one thing that we've kind of learned over the years and what we're starting to implement, and it, it's not fully out into our company yet, but we're slowly working on is, you know, our leadership roles actually exist at multiple levels within the business. So as a digital marketing agency, we do things such as, you know, analytics work and search marketing and digital ads. And there's multiple team members within each of those lines of business. And within each group, say the SEO group, uh, we actually vote in a champion and that champion champions for what that group needs. They get a budget, they get to decide how they want to spend it. And the budget is the budget. It's not like, it'd be great if I could get another 500 bucks. It's like your annual budget is this. And you can spend on anything you want to make your SEO work more productive and better for our clients and better for you. So for us, we actually start at the champion level and then you can move up to be an account person, which is now you're managing a full team. 
And then you can go and become a managing director, which there's only one of. Um, and actually our three-year plan has a level between the account person leadership role and the managing director. Because if we grow at the rate we think we're going to, and that we're planning to, we will need another level of leadership and support there. So I, I use that as an example, not so I can just blab how excited I am about our path of leadership, but to show that you don't actually have to be the president of the company to be a leader within the business. There's a lot of places where leadership can be highlighted and have a light shown. And it's really up to you as a leader. It's like I'm getting paid by the word to say that over and over again. You as a leader to identify where those spots are so you can create a path of leadership that's really clear for everybody else to see. It's not opaque. It's not like maybe if I stick around for 40 years, I'll become the president. Why don't we kind of work on some things in between? And then, yes, you can become the president in 40 years. No problem. I want to even tease out something you said, which is leadership plan. And I think, you know, what I hear there is a very intentional, you know, strategy to invest in leaders and to identify leaders and to grow leaders. And so, you know, oftentimes we think about these things and we think about, you know, the three-year strategy, the 10-year strategy. But we don't actually put in place a leadership plan to figure out how, because again, it's not just the tactics that get us there. It's the people that lead the organization that run those plays. And so I think even just you saying leadership plan, oftentimes I feel like that piece is forgotten or not thought about. It's an afterthought. And so I just love something that sounds like it's very common to your organization. I just want to say is it's highly uncommon. And it's the idea that there is a leadership plan that exists in the first place. It exists, it's communicated, it's communicated regularly. Those are two separate things, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't just say it once and then put it in the drawer. It's communicated yeah. regularly and that it's understood. And I use the word understood very intentionally because it's not just like, oh, the words went into my ears, the information entered my eyeballs, you know, into my retina. <laughs> it's like, I actually get it. Here's how I can move through this organization. And it, I don't have any data to back this up, but the more business owners I talk to and just leaders within a business, even if they're not the owner, you hear about how hard it is to find good people right now. But a lot of times when people are leaving your company, it's because they don't have that next step. Yeah. It's not clear of how do I advance here? Like, how do I do the next big thing? And as, by the way, I should say, thank you. You were complimenting our organization. I just glanced right over that. So thank you. <laughs> as organized as we can sound here on this podcast, we have absolutely lost people who, first of all, we probably should have let go and set them free, mm -hmm. who I'm now seeing in you know our, our sphere of digital marketing and communications, just like absolutely excelling. Yeah. I was like, there wasn't really a spot for them in our path of leadership. Yeah. And that sucks. And nobody wants to have to fire or to be fired. You know, right. it's, it's a very humbling experience to you, you were always worried that you might terminate somebody, you know, from your company and that they flip the tables and do all that. And our business coach, actually, he's a, he ran a staffing company before he sold it. And he said, I've fired about 800 people, one out of 800 through an absolute fit. And like, you know, like knocked over printers leaving the yeah. office and like made a whole thing, which means 799 out of 800 could not wait for that conversation to end. Wow. And, and that's just, you think about how that feels to be on that side of the conversation of like, I don't have a job anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here. I know you're looking at, you're giving me the, the, you know, over Zoom here in COVID, but in normal times, it'd be face to face. You're giving me 
the dignity of telling me to my face and not sending me a text or an email or something. But the feeling that I always hear from people who have been fired is I don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. I understand I'm fired and I'm, I'm, I just like have all these feelings and I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. That's what Todd, our business coach said. He's like, nobody wants to be there once they're being fired. Once they know it's happening, Mm -hmm. they cannot wait for that conversation to end so that they can try and keep their head up and just walk out that door and be done. That's real. And that kind of leans into the the thing I'd like to leave our listeners with as a final thought. Like, you know, we talked about all the incredible parts of business, you know, creating plans and doing all these things that are excellent, but let's be honest, it's hard. Like leading a business is very hard and there are difficult decisions that you have to make. What final thought or advice would you leave our listeners with around how they would navigate those tougher seasons? Kind of like we just talked about with having to, you know, let somebody go. Yeah. I always like to tell people that as a leader within the organization, whether you own it, you lead a division, you're a champion of a team, whatever your leadership role is, it's up to you to set the pace of the race. Mm -hmm. You decide and explain. So it's not this unilateral decision that goes into a vacuum. You decide and explain to your peers and those who you report to and that you report up to, we need to go faster because, or we need to slow down and here's why. And going that extra step, doing the, saying the here's why, and setting that you know with a very intentional tone of, we're, we're not just gonna go faster because we wanna make more money. We need to make more money because of whatever the reason is. Yeah. And so I, I would just leave with everyone that it's up to you to set the pace of the race. You can slow it down or speed it up anytime you want. It's just critical that you explain and engage everyone that you're working with, with the facts of why you're trying to slow up or, or, or slow down or speed up. That's so, that's so good. And I feel like this conversation has been so helpful, just specifically, not only on how to be a visionary as a leader, but then also the practicality of the day-to-day and some of the hard decisions you have to make. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for being with us. How can people follow you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. My name is Mike Crass. That's K like karate, R-A-S-S like Sam. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So if you actually want to connect with me in any capacity, I'd recommend going to LinkedIn. And then our website, super easy to find. It's MKG, like Mike Karate Gator, dot marketing. Type that into the URL section of your web browser and it'll take you right to our website. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Just remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership and visit our site, at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.